Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, our contrarians about to enjoy a long-awaited day in the sun. Value investors have been betting on some big trends in markets going into reverse, but they have been made to wait for a payoff. Is that about to change? Plus, we'll look forward to an update on interest rates this week. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us, or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. By definition, a contrarian will always find themselves going against the crowd. In investing, it means doing things that the rest of the market think are wrong, and as such, contrarian investing is often an uncomfortable experience. That's certainly been the case this year, but you could say it's been the case for many years, as the most prized assets have soared higher and higher, while those unloved areas of the market embraced by contrarians have been left behind. Just recently, however, some of those contrarian bets have been paying off. So to discuss whether that's going to continue or not, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, We're also going to be looking today at uh, an important interest rate decision that's coming. But let's start with contrarian investing, shall we? Uh, It can be a lonely business, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the psychology uh, of investing is 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 absolutely uh, fascinating, uh, and in particular, the the, the psychology of contrarian uh, investing is, is very is very interesting because we're social animals. We like to do what the what the herd is doing. We like yeah. to we, we we like to not stand out from the There's herd. safety in numbers. Absolutely, safety in numbers, and and in fact, there've been some sort of interesting sort of. Um, uh, neurological studies on this sort of brain scans of people that <laughs> yeah. actually when you when you do go against the herd when you do something which is not accepted by the group and you sort of become an other then the bits of your brain that are actually triggered by this are the same bits of the brain that are triggered when you feel a physical pain so you know if, if right. you know if you break your arm or something that bit of your brain is exactly the same as is triggered when you make a decision that's different from the crowd. Yeah, it must be sort of responses to potential harm or something. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's a protection mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. And it's fascinating in, in the world of investing because so often you hear this, be a contrarian, you know, not a, by definition, as I've said, the, the contrarians are the minority. They're doing what the crowd does not think is sensible. Yeah. Um, and so it always, all kind of always means being a little bit sort of weird almost or or, or 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 making decisions which most people would say are wrong yeah i mean that is exactly the right word you know to to, to be to be a great investor actually does require a slightly weird streak mm. you have to have you have to your brain needs to be wired in a slightly different way because it is human nature you know when everyone is enthusiastic to be enthusiastic and when everyone is gloomy to be to be anxious uh, yourself and you know the really great investors and there aren't many of them because it is so difficult mm-hmm. um manage to just sort of you know disconnect that part of their brain and to to look in a totally objective way at the situation rather than you know the way which which most of us look at it yeah okay well let's turn to, to what more specifically this means in the current context tom um there have been some instances of 
contrarian bets perhaps beginning to pay off which is to say certain economic or market conditions reversing somewhat. So what's been going on? Yeah, so I mean, what, what triggers this? So I wrote about this um, uh, last week because uh, it, it just struck me that, that, that there was a, um, a collection of, of events all happening at, at the same time, which were sort of unexpected and were, um, were at odds with what had happened in, yes. in the recent past. And they were, you know, in particular, um, movements in the UK stock market and in the Chinese stock market and also among some technology stocks. And, and of course, they're different because both the UK and the Chinese stock markets have been underperformers this year. They've really yeah. missed out on this remarkable rally that we've seen uh, in markets since, since last autumn. Um, and then suddenly uh, they performed very, very strongly. And there, were, and there were particular triggers for these. I mean, in the case of the UK, uh, the trigger was really the uh, much better than expected inflation figures. Yes. So remember that June inflation figure came in at 7.9%. It had been 8.7% uh, in May. And it was it was much better, and the and the uh, and the stock market responded very strongly to that in anticipation that maybe interest rates won't need to, to go to go as far. And I think we're going to talk about that later. But yeah. um, so so that was you know to benefit from that, you would have had to have taken quite a contrarian view about the UK stock market because it's been very out of favour. Um, and it had the potential to, to bounce back. China similar situation, very out of favour. China is not. Uh, recovered from the COVID pandemic in the way that everyone expected. The stock market has underperformed. And then suddenly the, the government started talking about maybe its willingness to stimulate the economy. And markets responded very strongly to that. So again, if you'd, you know, if you'd taken a contrarian view to, you know, the prevailing view about China, which was things were not going according to plan, then you might have been um, getting an exposure to the Chinese market both the UK and China, by the way, very cheap relative markets. So it would have been a contrarian view to, to, to buy into them. And then the third one was this, this tech stock. So we had a couple of um, tech stocks announcing uh, last week, uh, Tesla and Netflix. They both happened to be on the yeah. same day. They both happened to be quite disappointing figures. And the share price movements were pretty dramatic. I think 10% fall in, in, in both cases on those on those figures and again that's a contrarian thing because tech stocks as we know have completely driven the uh, stock market rally in in the in the last nine months or so to the extent that those tech stocks are now quite overbought they're quite expensive mm -hmm. and again if you've been taking a contrarian view of that you might say whoa this has gone a bit too far and not being particularly surprised when we got a bit of a disappointment and the and the shares fell back so that was that was my thinking there was that all of a sudden we were getting a few things which actually rewarded that contrarian approach. Yeah. And in the short term, they've had, uh, you know, a snapback in, in prices which have been to the advantage of the contrarian yeah. here. But uh, what's interesting about this subject really is that, you know, you talk about the value of, of stock markets there, the overvaluation of tech companies. Valuations is a good prism to look at this through, isn't it? Because uh, there you have what the market thinks and the contrarian would bet against that. Go for the underpriced or the, or the more lowly priced assets. Um, what has to happen for, for the value to be, to be realised? Surely it's, it's not a complete reversal 
of a situation. It's simply that um, because we're not going to get that, you know, suddenly tech stocks are not going to be become worth nothing, you know. But how does the experience of being a contrarian investor, how does it play out and how do they sort of make their money, if you like? Yes. I mean, the interesting thing about the contrarian approach is it requires you to to make a fundamental assessment of what is the true value of a of a of an investment in this in this situation. But then crucially, you need a, a catalyst, you need a trigger to make it happen. And so we, we talked about those triggers in the UK and China and, 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 and with the tech stocks. But by, by their nature, those triggers are unpredictable. You don't yeah. know when they're going to come. But the, in a way that the contrarian doesn't really care too much about what the trigger is going to be or when it's going to come. All they're doing is by making that assessment of the fundamental valuations and acting accordingly, they're kind of stacking the odds in their favor. So mm-hmm. they're saying, look, you know, if, if this um, share is fundamentally underpriced compared to its potential, um, then at some point this is going to come good, and, yeah. and I'm prepared to wait until till that happens. Um, and so, being a contrarian is not about catching the top or the bottom of the market, because as we know, that's almost impossible to do consistently well. But what it is about is is about I, 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 the way I describe it is stacking the odds in your favour. You know, as mm. as markets continue, as they trend in one direction or the other and the fundamentals get more and more stretched, then the odds of a reversal happening increase. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the contrarian is, is playing to. Okay, well, um, you have mentioned already interest rates playing a part, almost in all those stories, certainly in terms of tech and in terms of the UK, that's true. Uh, and we do have an interest rate coming up, interest rate decision coming up this week uh, at the Bank of England. Um, what exactly is expected? Yeah, so this is the last, actually, of the sort of um, uh, the big three, if you like. Um, uh, so I'd also include the Federal Reserve and the and the European Central Bank in in that. So we had we had um, announcements from them last week, and they both raised rates by by a quarter of a percentage point. I think actually we're going to get an, another one of those. I think the Bank of yeah. England is likely to to raise rates by a, by a further quarter point this week on Thursday. Um, it's a bit different. The situation here is a bit different from from in the in the other two because we've got more of an inflation problem here, and the expectation was that we might actually get a half percentage point rise, just as we did in June. Um, uh, and I think that the we we talked about that uh, better than expected inflation figure coming down to seven point nine percent. I think that might be enough to actually sway the bank towards a quarter point. Um, rise and indeed the you know the market's expectation of where interest rates end up um, in this cycle has actually come back quite a lot in the last week or so. I mean we were talking about a peak for UK interest rates of over six percent, maybe as high as seven percent. People were talking. Well, I think yeah. people now feel that um, under six percent is more likely. We're we're five percent at the moment. We yes. get another quarter point. We might have another couple of those. We might end up at 5.75%, but I think most people would, would think that we wouldn't go further than that now. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus of where it will land. So I think anything other than a, than a quarter point rise would be would be a surprise. Yeah, and as you say, those expectations have come in a little bit, haven't they? I, I was actually doing something this week based on um, 
mortgage rates and that's obviously how a big part of how people are going to experience these changes to interest rates and the decision around uh, fixing a mortgage or getting a tracker mortgage and that's going to be a very very uh, difficult question to answer at the moment isn't it because mm. people won't like the idea of fixing into higher borrowing costs but to track interest rates at the moment means that you probably are facing a few more rises maybe a couple more quarter point or a half point rise in your mortgage rate and then it could stay elevated for for a long time mm. you know this is a really difficult landscape to navigate it's very difficult and and I'm exactly the right person to talk to because I just, <laughs> cause I've actually just been through this process myself because um, I'm one of these people that had a had a fixed rate mortgage which was which was rolling over yeah. and you know like many people I was faced with a rather daunting increase in in the percentage rate uh, that I was uh, likely to pay so I mean I so I I was coming off a 1.9 percent rate. Um, and I fixed at four point three percent, which was a bit galling. You think that's that's well, that's, that's more than double. However, um, I was having a look today, and had I not fixed it at four point three percent, I would be looking at six point six point four percent now, something like that. Yeah. So you know, that, and that's and that's the decision that you, that you're making. So at the time, I was making a decision four point three. That sounds really painful. I don't like that. Uh, but I'd rather have the security and the uh, reassurance of knowing that it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I'm very glad that I did. But it's different now. I mean, now at 6.4%, you know, maybe a tracker looks more interesting. But it's, it's, again, it's the psychology, isn't it? It's, 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 can, you, can you handle the uncertainty of not knowing where they're going to go? Because interest rates probably will go up a little bit more. Yeah, and, and obviously it's the Bank of England's job to set that, and they're going to be looking at all sorts of things in the economy. We've spoken about these a lot. Wage rises, uh, core inflation, producer prices that they'll look at. Um, is there a chance, Tom, that actually after months and months and months in which we're saying, well, you know, interest rate policy is having very little effect, it might have quite a sudden effect, certainly on sentiment, um, and that might come through quickly in the data. And actually, we could see a, a rather sharp turnaround in the inflation number, but also in attitudes at the Bank of England. It's entirely possible because there's always a lag with um, uh, between uh, interest rate changes and the impact of those changes being being felt. And it's 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 a bit like, you know, pulling up on a piece of elastic. You know, you sort of pull and pull and pull and nothing happens. And then suddenly... Twang, yeah. it happens, and um, and I, th you may be right. We we may well find that suddenly a lot of people um, are in my situation of finding that their interest rate has doubled. Yeah, and it has a it starts to have a, immediately a big impact on their w sentiment well, and spending patterns. Well, it, it, it's that I, I would suggest it's that it's we have house price data, house price data out uh, well every week mm. practically but but just today there's been some showing a really really sharp fall mm. in i think the biggest annual 14 fall, years or something yeah. yeah the biggest annual fall in house prices for 14 years yeah. now that doesn't affect people's lives but mm. it affects how they think about yeah. their lives yeah. and and rightly or wrongly people tie their sort of fortunes their well-being practically with what's going on with with the value of the house and if that's going down that it, it makes people feel like things are going wrong in the mm. economy. The other part is jobs and, and, and not 
it's not the overall people number of people losing their jobs but it's just this sense that people have that you know you know my employer's not hiring or it's a, there's a wage freeze or a headcount freeze or whatever whatever it is mm-hmm. those sorts of things can can have a chilling effect on the economy and that's when um sort of interest rate policy which has no effect can suddenly mm. kind of be brought to bear well it makes you very risk averse doesn't it i mean if you think you know even if it's just a nagging feeling at the back of your mind that your job is is not secure then you think i'm not going to buy that new car you know? yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna well i'm gonna hold off for because you know most people you know yeah. most people can hold off for for six months or so on a big purchase but roll that up across the whole economy, and that has a massive slowing effect yeah. uh, on on the economy. Yeah, so I, th- I think you're right. I think we're we're on the on the brink of a of a quite a you know challenging, difficult time for the, for the economy yeah. as as reality catches up with with the cumulative effect of of what we've seen in monetary policy for the last. 18 months or so. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, we shall see what happens over the next few months, Tom. That is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.